you know, we've paid and we've paid and we've subsidized for the way that farming has gone. We're going to have to pay and help transition farmers into the next way of thinking. And we're going to have to be creative about it. So I think this program is a good way of, of making that f- those first steps in terms of helping farmers to transition from the conventional corn and soybeans into uh, a different way of farming. Welcome to the 326th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, regenerative agriculture, community food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. The first snow of the season had just fallen when LSP held a pasture walk at the Allen Bedka Farm in southeastern Minnesota recently. That was fitting, given that the subject at hand was how to set up a system where cattle can graze deep into the winter. A stand of tall sorghum sedan grass was rattling in the harsh wind as Alan described how he uses annual crops that are planted during the summer as a source of low-cost forage once the snow is deep. Just a stone's throw away, a clear trout stream was snaking through his family's land. In Ear to the Ground episode 320, the farmer provided insights into how rotational grazing fits into his goals of creating a profitable and efficient cow-calf enterprise. In this podcast, we're going to discuss an innovative program that's helping farmers like Alan put in place practices that build soil health while providing a little financial cushion that allows for experimentation and protects water quality. The Olmstead County Soil Health Program pays farmers to plant cover crops, which isn't unique. After all, there are numerous local, state, and federal programs available that help farmers make cover cropping and other soil health practices part of their operations. But what is unique about the Olmsted County Initiative is that it pays for results and takes a comprehensive approach to building healthy soil. For example, the program pays a farmer $55 an acre to grow a cover crop to a minimum height of 12 inches. And if the farmer lets it get to 24 inches, they receive an additional $20 per acre. Planting a cash crop into a living stand of cover crop, a technique called planting green, garners a farmer an additional $10 an acre. Farmers can also receive payments for growing so-called alternative crops like oats and other small grains, and for converting row-cropped acres to hay and pasture ground. The point of all these payments is to provide incentives for crop farmers in the area to utilize the kind of soil health practices that will reduce the amount of nutrients that are leaching into the groundwater. For example, the taller the cover crop, the greater its root system, which helps keep wayward fertility in the soil. In this part of southeastern Minnesota, nitrate pollution of drinking water caused by intense row cropping is a particularly thorny problem. And research shows that allowing cover crops to grow to significant heights can dramatically reduce pollution. In addition, integrating livestock onto the land utilizing rotational grazing and growing deep-rooted perennial forages produces major water quality benefits. In a sense, the Olmsted County Soil Health Program is a holistic approach to building soil health. It's basically attempting to provide farmers an incentive to implement the five principles of soil health. Armor the soil, minimize disturbance, increase plant diversity, keep roots in the soil as long as possible, and integrate livestock. The roots of this program run deep. It was launched by the SWCD with the help of $5 million in American Rescue Plan funds that came into the county via the federal government. 
The Olmstead County Board of Commissioners gave the green light to using the money to support soil-friendly farming practices because they were impressed with evidence SWCD staffers like Angela White, Caitlin Meyer, and Martin Larson were digging up showing the role regenerative farming practices can play in cutting pollution. It didn't hurt that Martin, who farms in the area, has been utilizing cover crops and diverse rotations that involve small grains to build soil health on his own operation. In addition, innovative farmers that LSP and the SWCD have been working with have proven that building soil health can be done in an agronomically and economically viable manner. Finally, the Olmsted County SWCD benefits from the fact that it has its own soil health research farm, which has produced direct evidence that practices like cover cropping can slash nitrate pollution. The Olmsted County program was launched in 2022, but it's already showing potential for improving water quality in the region. For the 2023 growing season, 52 farmers signed up for the cover crop option, more than double what was planned. Over 5,300 acres of cover crop land was certified as being allowed to grow to the 12-inch height. 2,700 acres of land was certified at 24 inches. As of this recording, 69 farmers have signed up to raise cover crops under the program for the 2024 growing season, representing almost 13,000 acres. Granted, there's over 240,000 acres of cropland in Olmsted County. So the vast majority of the area's farmers aren't participating in this program. But the water quality benefits of building soil health are not exclusive to acres enrolled in the initiative. Farmers are also implementing practices like cover cropping and rotational grazing on acres that aren't officially signed up under the program, according to SWCD conservation technicians. The agency has calculated that based on how much land was enrolled in the initiative as of fall 2023, along with the evidence that other unenrolled acres are being farmed using soil healthy practices, at least 560,000 pounds of nitrates are being kept out of the region's drinking water. That's equivalent to 23 semi-truckloads of urea fertilizer. After talking to Alan Bedka and other farmers who have enrolled in the Olmsted County Soil Health Initiative, I'm struck at how this program could serve as a model for giving farmers an incentive to implement all the basic soil health principles systematically, while diversifying the landscape in a way that's better for the environment and their own land's resiliency. After the LSP pasture walk at Allen Bedka's, I talked to Shona Langseth, a soil conservation technician for the Olmsted County Soil and Water Conservation District, about how the program's focus on results makes it different from other conservation programs and how it could serve as a statewide or even national model for promoting regenerative farming practices. So Shona, we just were at a field day. We were, it's November 1, and we were seeing what Allen Bedka's doing here near Dover, Minnesota, with uh, he's um, grazing a mix that involves sorghum s- sedan grass and really interesting using summer annuals to do some winter grazing and really extend his grazing season. He's trying to get to that 300 days a year uh, level. And one of the things that's interesting about Alan is he's using a program, he's enrolled in a program through the Olmsted County Soil and Water Conservation District that's helped him get it cover crops established, get haying and grazing established, also um, alternative crops. And this is an interesting program in that it's not that unusual to have an SWCD or an NRCS or other local agencies help farmers get soil health practices established through cover cropping or whatever. This one is 
a lot different or there's some twists to it that I think are really fascinating in that it is a little different than your typical cost share program or or that kind of thing that's just helping you get a cover crop established. It's nice to kind of compare and contrast to the equip program which is kind of your typical cost share when it comes to cover crops. So the groundwater protection and soil health program is really focused on outcomes. So the first like kind of baseline cover crop program that you can enroll in is a cost share for say you know winter rye cover crop for $55 an acre. So that's your base pay. The the outcomes piece is that for you to actually get that payment, you have to show that you let that cover crop grow to 12 inches in the spring. And the reason for that is the connection to all this this research, especially to, to tile line sampling, that 12 inches of rye cover crop can actually reduce the amount of nitrates in those tile line samples from like 30 pounds of nitrogen coming through the tile line to 15. But that's the biggest thing is that we can reduce that night the nitrate leaching into our groundwater by 50% with having that 12 inch cover crop out there. And of course, like the longer you let it grow, so we have enhancements with the program. So if you let your cover crop grow up to 24 inches, we will give you an additional $20 an acre, bring that up to $75 an acre uh, for that cover crop. So those are kind of, at least it's getting up into a dollar amount that is actually like really kind of appealing to farmers to say, you know, maybe I should try this because the money's there. It allows them the time and space to get used to using cover crops and then be able to take it from there. And there's more enhancements that they can enroll in as well. And and again, it's it's all about keeping more plants and diversity on the ground to be soaking up nitrates and also just creating better soil health for farmers as well. Yeah, and so there's the cover crop, there's the, and then there's a Take us through the other ones. There's kind of three main areas, right? Alternative crops and haying and grazing. Yep, that's right. So there's the cover crop program, which is the most popular. Then there is our alternative crop program, which I think um, I think we'll see a lot more people enroll in next year because um, a lot of people are looking at small grains for that alternative crop. And it's, it's a good enough incentive. So that's also a $75 an acre program if you if you grow say oats to the grain to harvest and then if you were to plant a legume with them or after them that's an additional $25 so potentially up to a hundred dollars an acre Um, and then the last one's the haying and grazing and that's all about taking row crop acres out of production and moving it into either hay ground or grazing ground, which is what Alan Bedka has been doing. Mm-hmm. Actually, Alan's been in all three programs. <laughs> yeah. He takes yeah. He's very, he, he, he went into it full force. Yeah, for sure. So when I was looking at this program, and, and I've talked to you and, and some of the other folks uh, at your office about this as well, and looked over the website, what strikes me is if you look at it, really what the bedrock of this program is, is it's trying to cover all of the basic soil health practices. Can you take us through those those practices? Because it's funny how it kind of really overlays that. It, it really is trying to help. It's not just looking at one, oh, let's get, a, let's get the land covered and armored for the, or get some roots in the ground, you know. It's really kind of taking a holistic approach to this whole 
five soil, basic soil health practices that are really promoted. Yeah, so the big one is reduce your tillage, no-till, uh, armor the soil, so leave the residue out there, you know, keep a living root in the ground year-round, so that's using a cover crop, get diversity out there using different species of cover crop, and then, of course, the one that a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the bigger corporations like to leave off is grazing, like that's the key component, is to get grazing back out onto the landscape, let the cattle uh, do the walking and, and feeding themselves on their own and um, also just returning their own biology back to the soil. So and the cover crop program really kind of lays it out in the five. So you have the base acres, which is just your standard cover crop. So that's getting the roots in the ground in the winter, keeping the soil covered. But then the planting green enhancement. So that's, ba- you know, that's, that's asking farmers if, if you want to go after this enhancement, you need to plant directly into your cover crop. You can have, you know, you could have sprayed it maybe a day or two ahead of time. As long as you are planting your crop into that cover crop without disturbing it, without using tillage, you can get an additional $10 an acre. So that's promoting the no-till or reduced tillage aspect. We also have, again, the 24 inches, so that's really, really increasing the depth and the root mass of the cover crop. We have a five-way species mix, so if, especially we have a lot of farmers here in Olmsted who do canning crops, so if they take that sweet corn off or the pea crop off, that allows them to plant up to five different species of cover crops, uh, so getting all sorts of different types of root, roots in the soil, uh, increasing diversity, potential pollinator mixes. And then the last one, of course, is grazing. So if you can get your cattle out onto that ground, uh, and be grazing the cover crop, that's an additional 10. Yeah, I'm just really struck by this program because it really it does take a, I go back to a holistic approach to soil health building. It's not just cherry picking one practice. It's really trying to get across this idea. And not every farmer is going to obviously do all these things like what Alan's done or what some of the folks have done. They are going to just adapt one practice, but it gives them that view of, oh, if I'm going to have a kind of a whole farm or holistic approach to building that soil from all these different angles. These are some of the things that we'd like to see on the land a little bit. So one of the things is, I know I've talked to you about this before, is what kind of drove this is, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier, is in Olmsted County, particularly in this karst geology that we have here in southeast Minnesota, is a real concern about nitrate specifically nitrate contamination of groundwater. And I was actually talking to a county commissioner who runs a well drilling business, and he was saying, I am running into more and more wells that I'm drilling that are above the drinking water standard for nitrates. And that was one of the reasons he really helped push to get this program started. So can you talk a little bit about how what, this is really an example of trying to set up a program where farmers can have a real positive impact on, on that water quality in, in an area that where it's really, it's a real problem in this area. I mean, it's costing money. It's costing municipalities money to drill new wells and to clean up that water. It's costing individual landowners because they have to drill deeper or drill a new well, and it's not cheap. It can be $30,000. Basically, the Soil Water Conservation District staff went to the county commissioners and said, you know, like, this is a problem. 
we have a solution. We really have an idea on what a great program could look like, and we think that this could actually make an impact. And uh, the county commissioners were struck enough that they actually took um, $5 million of the American Rescue Plan dollars and put it towards this program. So we'll have it. I'm hoping it'll be around for a long time, but we definitely have a good probably five years, would be my estimate, mm-hmm. on running this program. You know, with the intention of like, yes, it's helping farmers in this transition of like, how do we how do we farm in a in a different way that isn't impacting the the water as intensely? Like right now, we're seeing that the the nitrates are creeping down further, further, deeper into our aquifers. Mm-hmm. You know, you could talk to Martin about him using just soil health practices on his farm alone, and he's got a very shallow well. I think it's like 80, 90 feet. That used to test over 10 parts per million in nitrates. Now he's got it down to like two or three. So wow. like we can actually affect, yeah, it, it does make a difference. And we, I think what we'll, hopefully what we'll end up seeing, if we can actually transition into this more regenerative agriculture, that that our shallow shallower wells will actually become usable again. That would be, that would be the key thing. And for those who are operating at those deeper wells, we are going to need to figure out a system for them to either get an RO system or go back to more shallow wells in the meantime because the nitrates are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take a lot of effort to get back to cleaning that up. We just ran the numbers yesterday. Just with the year and a half so far of the program, between the directly the direct acres that we have cost-shared and the indirect, the, what, uh, what our farmers actually just put out there on their own in terms of cover crops, We've already saved like 560,000 pounds of nitrates from going into our drinking water. Mm. That's 23 semi-truck loads, which is just kind of crazy to think about how much we're putting out there, you know. I mean, and that's it kind of dovetails with my next question is, so this is kind of the first year that the program was fully implemented. People signed up last fall, and now you're doing another sign-up for this fall. How was the response? I mean, what, what kind of an interest did you get in it, and kind of what it, was it? Kind of what you had foreseen as far as the the interest in it, and, and how how popular it was. It's definitely popular. I, we I know just this new round of application season where we saw twenty three new farmers step in. I do think the word of mouth is still getting out there. It's so hard in this like digital age to know what's the best way to reach farmers we've done direct mailing radio all that but it's it's not the same like people don't all turn to the same news source anymore so it's been a little bit difficult just to get the word out we want as many people to sign up as possible so and there is no like restriction on years so you you can sign up for as many times as you want as long as the money is there yeah what was the most popular part of the program what would people sign up for the most cover crops are the most popular the alternative crop so the oat producers around here really saw a lot of success with that breaking up of the corn and soybean planting and harvest so they actually their their bushels looked really good Mm -hmm. on the oats around here Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we have more farmers looking to sign up for that program just to see if, you know, just to kind of spread their risk, especially if we're looking at another drought year, mm-hmm. because it, it seemed like it did well, and we have, you know, we have a good amount of money for that program. 
I find this a really interesting program in that it reminds me of something like the Conservation Stewardship Program in that it does pay for results. It, it, it's, it's not just saying, here's some money to put in a cover crop. We're not sure what, you know, how much success you're going to have with that. It also, what I really like about this too is, my understanding is, if you're going to be enrolled in the program, you're kind of required to take part in at least one field day or workshop related to soil health. So there's that support network that often can be a real shortcoming of other programs where farmers don't have that support to get a new practice established. I know that you're just getting us started here and just starting to see some results out of it. I mean, do you think that this is a program that we could see on a statewide basis or even a national basis where it really does take that kind of holistic view of building soil health and and really getting farmers uh, started on something like this? Yeah, I, I think we have to have it. We're definitely seeing interest from other counties who would really like to see, to have the money and ability to do this. You know, a lot of these producers are hearing it from one another, and then they're like, well, why can't I get into this? Oh, well, you're not in Olmstead County. But that shouldn't be the reason why we don't allow this program to grow. Uh, So I'd love to see it at the state level and at the federal level. You know, we've paid and we've paid and we've subsidized for the way that farming has gone. We're going to have to pay and help transition farmers into the next way of thinking. And we're going to have to be creative about it. So, you know, I think this program is a good way of, of making that f- those first steps in terms of helping farmers to transition from the conventional corn and soybeans into uh, a different way of farming. The thing that excites me, too, is to talk to folks who aren't farmers from the non-farming community. Like I said, I talked to a, somebody who their business is well drilling wells, drinking water wells in the area, and so they have a, a real concern about drinking water, don't come from a farming background, but that, and to see other folks and to see, like you, you had to get this supported by the county commissioners and could be, I guess, a, mo- a model for, it could be a model for how the non-farming public gets behind a program like this and sees that if they can support proactive soil health practices, it can be a win-win for the farmers and for kind of the, the community at large. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, it's it's nice timing in terms of, you know, with this EPA larger conversation that's happening about drinking water in southeast Minnesota. And I really do want to emphasize, like, this is, this is a real potential solution here for taking the next steps to address, like, the stopping of the nitrates from going into the groundwater right now. There's always going to be the issue of nitrates still moving down the aquifer. But at least we got to start reducing it at the source right now. And this program really does offer a, a solution to that. As long as that there's willing technical staff and the money to support it, then, you know, we can, we can do amazing things. We just have to choose to do it. We have to um, put our policies and dollars behind it. By the way, when Olmsted County SWCD staffers originally brainstormed with area farmers about setting up the Soil Health Initiative, a per-farm payment cap of $20,000 to $25,000 was being considered. However, the farmers they consulted with insisted on a cap of around $15,000 instead. Why? That way, more soil health money could be spread around on more farms. 
For more information on building soil health profitably and the Olmstead County Soil Health Initiative, see the podcast page for Ear the Ground episode 326 at landstewardshipproject.org. There, you'll also find a link to my interview with Alan Bedka. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on whatever podcast platform you utilize. And word of mouth is the best way to spread the news about our podcast. If you like what you hear, tell at least one person about LSP's Ear to the Ground. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members, who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.